Hey everybody, Adam Stott here. Thanks for checking out my podcast, Business Growth Secrets. You're absolutely in the right place. This podcast is going to reveal to you all of the secrets that you've been looking to discover that are going to allow you to cure your cash flow problems, attain more clients, bring in more leads for your business, and create systems and processes that give you the growth that you want. You are going to discover the business growth secrets you have been looking for that I've used to sell over 50 million pounds worth of products and services on social media and help clients everywhere to grow their businesses on the mark. So let's get started on the Business Growth Secrets podcast. Tom, since I met him, overcame many mindset blocks, many different ways of doing things, and he broke through that first part. He then has marketed his business and scaled the marketing of his business, putting that place in a big way. He got trained in sales and became a really, really good salesperson. I always remember that event we did, the sales domination event, where we, uh, we, did, we had a great sales event that we did there. He's done fantastic. He's very good at the numbers. And he's built a very compelling brand. Uh, been young entrepreneur of the year, been entrepreneur of the year, has built a truly compelling business, builds mansions for people now, has built his own mansion, which is pretty nice as well, and achieved some really amazing success. Should, should we start off just by you giving a, a bit of an introduction, tell everybody what you do, where you're at, what the businesses are you do, and go from there, because there's multiple now, but it'd be really good. I'm going to just change this slide. So I'll probably start where, when I met Adam. When I met Adam, it was myself, it was my wife, and I had two members of staff. At that point, I was probably killing myself working, literally killing myself, 15, 16, 17-hour days. There was no real light out of the tunnel. We were making money, don't get me wrong. We were making money, but I was literally killing myself. And I met Adam, and I came on to a similar day to this, and I started hearing stuff that was like, don't do that. Never thought about that. I haven't done that. <laughs> and then I decided to do one-to-one -one coaching. Um, Adam came into my office and he, he saw our operation and he was like, you've got great business here, Palm. And I was like, yeah, I know. You make really good money. Yeah, I know. But I'm like, killing myself. But what I realized was there was so much stuff that I was not doing. Um, the potential in our business was huge. And as I went through that journey with Adam and BBE, I learned a huge amount. I learned things like you've learned today. Like, I'm, I learned this stuff really early on. And these were numbers that I kind of knew in the back of my head, but I didn't know to the detail that I should have known them. But what I was really good at was taking action. And what I've come to realize is, coming back here, is that I learned a skill from this room that now I implement in every single one of my businesses. So when I met Adam, I had two businesses, and they were both very successful. I didn't have a, a small, a, a big team. I had, there was only four of us. And like I said, I, we, I was doing every single hour that God was sending my way. Today, I'm sat here. I've got seven businesses. Across the business, I've probably got 100, near enough 100 staff. When I first met Adam, I was probably doing seven, eight estimates a week by myself because that's how we were generating an income. I haven't touched an estimate in probably five or six years. Probably, yeah, probably five years I've, I've, I've not even touched an estimate because I don't do that anymore. 
My job now is to run my businesses. I'm an entrepreneur. I know my numbers. I know how to sell. If I've learned how to sell off Adam. And now I train my people on how to sell. How do you sell our products? How do you sell our services? How do we market the business? How do we build funnels? And that isn't just now in one business. It's a skill that I take to every single business that we own. And multiple people come and approach me about how do you do this? How, how are you building these funnels? How are your people selling so well for you? It's because I've sat in rooms like this and I've taken notes and I've used that content to then look at my own businesses and think, well, how do I do this? Um, you look at lifetime value of a client, for instance. It takes a client of mine, I have to have their second order before I even make any money out of them. So in my first order, we make a loss out of that client. But that's fine, because I know that. A lot of people would be sat in their office not knowing that. That destroys a business before you start. So you've been able to know that palm gives you a competitive advantage over every single one of your competitors. Yeah. And then what we do, every single, one in my, every single person in my business knows. We don't make any money off the first order. So you make sure you nail that. <laughs> and then you go back and you get more money off them. Yeah. And, but if we didn't know that, we, we would just be running blind. So I don't mind plowing money into marketing now because I know that we don't make any money off the first order, but we need that second order off the client. It's compulsory. It's a must. And we build our funnels in that way. And we build them because we know, well, actually, we drive a lead. There's a point at which, it was probably a few years ago now, it was like, well, let's spend some money on Facebook. And, and this was, Adam sold a lot of products via Facebook. And we looked at Facebook, started marketing through Facebook, but weren't really getting the sort of leads that we wanted until I asked my team to start asking the clients where they seen us. So what was happening is people would see us on Facebook and then search us on Google and then come to our business. So I'm thinking, Facebook don't work. But actually, it was working, but just not the way I thought it was working. But because we had brought that process into our business that asked people where they've come from, and then we realized that actually this is a great way of marketing the business because other people are doing exactly what I'm doing. Other estimating firms are going onto Facebook, getting leads, and going, Facebook's crap. Don't get anything from it. But the problem is they haven't asked their clients where they've come from. So my journey in business has been good. Um, I'm grateful for where I'm sat today because if I hadn't met Adam, I'd probably still be doing my 16, 17 hours a day um, thinking... How did we break the chain? So if we go like nice and specific, I mean, give him a round of applause for that. Is that pretty incredible, right? It's a journey. How do we break the chains, Palm? Because I, I do remember, uh, it wasn't you that said you was going to have a heart attack, it was Karen. Yeah, it was, yeah. <laughs> Karen, like, he's going to have a heart attack. And he was like, because he's working too hard. But I think that that's something that a lot of people suffer from in the beginning. In fact, how many of you feel like sometimes you're just working all the hours you can? You know, something that a lot of people suffer from. So from a standing start, what would you say about breaking the chains? How do they break the chains of that? I think when I, when I look back to working with you, I think it was a lot about big picture thinking. 
So I was stuck in my office at my desk, getting there at seven o'clock in the morning, leaving at nine o'clock at night. And all I was seeing was orders come in, invoice gets paid, and job goes out. That, that's what I was seeing. And I got stuck in a routine. I got stuck in a rut of, well, money's coming in. What's the problem? But then when I met, met yourself, I was like, how has he built a 50 million pound business? Like, I don't get it. What's different between him and me? <laughs> was, and that's true. That's how I want it, you to think. Like, I, I was looking at it and thinking, what's, what's the difference? The difference was I was stuck in a rut and I was sat there thinking that them three or four hundred pound orders that I was processing seven or eight times a week, they were doing enough. But it got to the point where I looked at it and I went, actually, if I sat someone else there doing exactly what I'm doing, I can go away. And then it's a numbers game. Now, the more estimators we have, the better. Because actually, we got way more leads than we can cope with. Our problem's completely the opposite now. So breaking the chain for me was all about getting out of my head and getting essentially out of that position where I was the person that needed to do absolutely everything. Because you're not. You, you know, I... I had a conviction in the way I sold, and I sold our service and our, sold, and, and our products. But spending half a day with someone else and showing them and teaching them how that was done, well, that mean, meant I didn't have to do that anymore. It's not that you can't go out there and find people. It's about when you do find them people, bringing them into your business and ensuring you train them to a good level so they can do it exactly the way you want them to do it. So. I built systems and processes around everything because I started seeing, well, I'm very specific. I like things done in a certain way. When I know it works, I want it done in that way. I don't want the conversations veering off this way or that way. And so what I started to do was build systems around everything. So telephone conversations, these are the things you need to ask. Minimums have to be name, number, email address. And that was every single client. And we built systems around how the telephone process needed to look, how you log leads, where the leads have come from. And it was them simple things. And they're very simple. You know, this isn't, it's not brain surgery. We're just asking people for their information. But I was putting processes in place for everything. So as people were coming to my business, it was like, I need you to do this. One, two, three, four, five, six. That's it. That's all I'm asking you to do. You don't need to veer off that. Just do that. If you do that, we'll get sales. So it was very much, I had to break out of my own skin in a lot of ways. I was sat there doing what I'd always done. Um, and like they say, if you, you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always got. Um, and I'm sat in a completely different position now. Um, but breaking out of where you think you are and looking at the big picture and going, actually, my business could be this size if I do this, this, and this. That's really important. And it's, it's about taking action on them things as well. So, you know, I wasn't the sort of person that would come and sit in these rooms and take a whole load of notes and then put the notepad away at the end of the day. I'd go in, I'd make my notes, and I'd go, right, actually, we've been taught this, this, and this. How do I implement this into my business today? And that is actually the difference. That's the difference between major success and, and truthfully failure is information without action is actually worthless. Because if we know it and we ain't doing it, 
we're not going to get the result. So I love what you just said, because you really weren't, actually. Every single room you sat in, you were, he was seriously committed. And I think that committed is not just showing up. It's like taking the principle, making a commitment, and following through on doing it. And I know many of you do, right? I know many of you do do that. Um, but occasionally, all of us can let things drift. Who's let things drift a little bit from now and then? Raise your hands if you have. Okay, absolutely. It's, it's normal. But I think that what Palm did really well was, one, do exactly what he just said. But two, is he didn't double guess the system. Right, So he didn't like, oh yeah, but I, I might do it this way or I might do it that way. You took the principle and you did it the way it was said to do it. And I think that was really, really good because that was when his wins just started compounding. You know, and in the same sort of group, Palm was in the same group that come through as Cam. You know, Stephen, yeah, as well. You, you were there when Palm was there as well, um, which was, was really important. So I love what you said there. But the other thing I love that you said is... That's a real something that all of you should be doing because Palm said it's simple to let somebody come into your business and tell them what you want. Most people don't do that. Most people don't do that when they hire a new employee or they hire a VA or they hire a PA or they hire somebody into their business. They don't give them instruction. And then they don't end up getting what they want out of the person because they didn't give them the instruction. How many of you gone and hired someone and you just never ended up getting what you wanted out of it? Like, raise your hands. Okay, if it's meant to be, it's up to me. And exactly what Palm just said, you want to lay out that person, what they're doing, those activities. That kind of system and process will save you so much time and effort. And, and that's very powerful, actually, I think, what you just said. Because prepping someone to work with you to win, um, it takes time. So why do people not do it? Because you're, like Palm just said, head in the business, doing the thing, yeah? Doing the thing that you got to do. Therefore, you're like, oh, yeah, just help me do the thing. Yeah, put that bit of paper there. Do this, do that. But instead of that, you got to stop doing the thing, breathe, go and sit with the person and show them how you do the thing. And then your life will be easy for another year, right, until you get the next one. <laughs> or the next three months, whenever you get the next one. So I think they're really good observations, Palm. So... Yeah, I mean, look, in terms of a journey, you massively, you broke through building the systems in the business. And then sales, what kind of, let's talk about sales. In the industry you're in, estimating, quantity surveying, how, is not a very usual to have a trained sales force in that type of business. And that's why a lot of the businesses say, stay small. But you having a trained sales force in that business and you learning sales, what kind of impact has sales had on you? I think sales has had the biggest impact on my business. Um, it was all about understanding how we made our ideal client feel and how we brought them through the door. Like, who was that person? How do we get to them? And then how do we need to speak to them? So we have our estimating business, which is our builders and our tradespeople. And then we have a quantity surveying business, which are architects and property developers. And thinking that you're going to sell to them two types of people in the same way, is, it, was, it was mad. You know, we had to have a specific sales process for each type of person because you need to communicate that with them people 
in different ways. So obviously Adam said about text messages and WhatsApps and emails and phone calls. Well, most of the builders on my database, they want the phone call and a text message and a WhatsApp. But an architect, they don't, they don't want the same thing. They want to be communicated in a completely different way. So you have to learn how you sell to people. So obviously we learn the processes of sales, but then you have to think about well, how does this then apply to, to my specific type of client? How do I sell? How do, I, how do my people and how do my clients like to be communicated with? Um, how do we make it easy for them? How do we open up as many lines of them communication as possible? Um, and then it's about, look, we talked about bringing people into the business. But when I learned about sales, I was very much like, well, that's a really good point, but that isn't necessarily going to work in my business. I have to adapt that sales piece to make it work in my business. Um, and then it's about making that easy for the rest of your team as well. Like, these are the things you say and these are the things you don't say. So in the estimating world, it's a price-driven world. It's a world where everyone wants the cheapest thing but we weren't the cheapest and for a long time that used to give me nightmares like well, how do i get my price point from 400 pounds so 425 is our average ticket value on the estimating but our competitors charging 190 pound how do i get my 425 product to 190 that wasn't my problem my problem was how do I ensure that the people know that what they get for 425 is way different to 190. So what I did, I put a 190 product in place. So I put a 200 pound product in place. And I said, this you can get for 200 pound. But actually, if you spend 400 pound, you get this. That's your choice, which one you want to buy. So I've got a price point that meets my competitors, but I've got a price point that is where I want it to be. So ultimately, I was looking back and I was like, well, I was for so many years thinking, I need to be cheaper, I need to be cheaper. But what I had to actually do was deliver the message in the right way. Most people go for the 425 product when they know how shit the 190 <laughs> product is. Uh, it's very simple. And that is value laddering in, in its essence, right? Which is amazing. You know, I, lo I love that. And then explaining the differences, which is self-selection model, right? You can have that if you want, but you can have this and it's better, and you can have this and it's better, and you can have this and it's better. Which one do you want? And then you're always going to have people that go up uh, from there. I think we should um, certainly have a, a conversation around business strategy. I think you really did well. I'm trying to sort of go through the pillars with you. You did an amazing job on market, amazing job on sales, business strategy. You then split the two businesses, and you've been working with some massive high-ticket stuff, haven't you? Because that was the because initially you were doing the lower ticket. Yeah. Now the high tickets come in, right? So initially I was doing low ticket stuff, like Adam said. So I was just churning out estimates. That's what I was doing. But I actually knew I was better than that. I always knew I was better than that. But I had no time to break out to try and get them that big ticket stuff that I actually really wanted. Um, so for me, when I when I look at the process, all I needed to do was find a few people that could do everything I needed them to do on the low ticket stuff and put the systems and processes in place so that they just done it how I wanted it and let that run itself to meaning that I could then go out and go and find the high value stuff which is actually what I wanted um, when you look at the, the what happens and, and this is 
you could probably all relate to this, is you'll bring someone in, you won't train them properly, and then they're crap, but you're like, it's their fault. Well, no, it's not their <laughs> fault. It's your fault. Because if you want it done in a specific way, ask them, tell them, that's how I want it done. But then they won't be, you won't look back and think, oh, that employee was rubbish. Well, no. Where's, where's your accountability in this? What haven't you done right? You haven't trained someone properly and you haven't actually executed how you want that thing done. And if, because if you had have done, they would have done it in the way you wanted it done and it would been, the process would have been correct and your clients would have been serviced in the way you wanted them serviced. So I could have easily gone, oh, well, no, it's not running the way I want. I'm going to go back to my low-ticket stuff. But instead, what I was doing was, right, what's not gone right there? Talk to me. T tell me what's not right. Let's make it better. Let's make the process better. Let's make the system better. Um, how's what's not worked? You know, and I was always talking to the members of my team about, okay, well, why are you not able to get that sale in? Why is, our, why, is the, why is our volume of people coming in dropped? What's happening? It was all about questions. It was all about asking people the right questions to always fine-tune that system and that process to make it better and to ensure that that business would run as efficiently as possible so that I could focus on the bigger business. Um, but actually, it's not a bigger business. It's a smaller business. My estimating business is my bigger business but it runs itself, which is brilliant. My high ticket stuff was coming in because I was able to go out there and talk to people. Um, we build fantastic houses. We've got some great case studies. People want to work with us. I know how to sell to people. So if I get you in a room and <laughs> I, that's it. Yeah. If, if you're in the room with me, you're, you're going to write me a check. As simple <laughs> as that. Um, Provided you want a house, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think, which is awesome. And that belief now coming through, I'll tell you what, you didn't always do that, right? But that is clearly that belief is there. And you want to cultivate that belief. That if you sit down with a client, they're going to buy your product or service because that means you're sold. And if you're sold, they're sold, right? That's the mentality, which is awesome. I think we should talk about the branding journey. You also did an amazing job out of all the clients I've worked with, you know, from the branding perspective of really building your brand, you did this with your awards, which you went were relentless on, right? Relentless. Yes. Should we talk a little bit about that? And talk about the impact. I really want, because a lot of the things that I'm teaching you and I'm taking you on the journey on, I want you to see what the end result can be, right? Palm now has achieved some amazing things. We'll come to some of the things later. But I want you to know that this is what, it can manifest for you and, and actually become, right, where you can get, if you start putting these things in place and take action on them. So let's talk about the awards, Palm. So I think marketing, branding, PR, it's about intrigue. People need to be intrigued. And I went off and I was like, well, I understand business. I understand, especially I understand my business and I understand it really well. So, and I've got a very systemized business. So I was like, well, let me apply for some awards. And went for the first one, which was Young Business Person of the Year. That was in 2017. I went then thinking, I'm not going to win this. And I won that. And I won that. And off the back of that, I put a LinkedIn post out. And my LinkedIn post reached 26,000 people. And I was like, what? 
oh, what's going on there? And I was like, more awards. <laughs> so I literally, we went for everything. Um, we, we went for everything. We've won 16 awards in four or five years. Um, but when you become award winning and a multi award winning, people gravitate towards you. Yeah. They're like, well, what, what's he doing? I, I want to speak to him. Everyone wants to talk to you. Like, what are you doing in your business? How are you doing that? So your clients, they're coming to you. People I'm trying to get out there and speak to on LinkedIn, they don't respond to your message, and then they see you at an award ceremony, and then they see you win the award, then they're, they're emailing you. And you're like, oh, yeah, I did tell you you should have come and spoke to me. Um, but it, it, you can have a great brand, and you can market really well, but when people start seeing you and they start looking in at your journey and going, well, actually, I want to I actually know what this person's done. It doesn't matter who, who the business owner is. Most people want to know the, the magic, the secret, and they want to come talk to you. Um, people want to work with people that are successful, ultimately. That, that's all it is. Um, so we, we had massive breakthroughs. I'm building a five million pound house at the moment. Um, it will probably be worth 10, and it's next door to Harry Kane. Like, and I would not have got that if we weren't multi-award winning. Um, and that person, uh, they've approached me. It's not the other way around. They've come to me and said, well, we've seen you won these awards. We've seen you great. Um, I remember it was probably about two years ago and a client came in and he wanted to build this mad house. And as he walked into the office, we had a, probably a 15, 20-minute meeting. It wasn't long. And his last question to me was, why should I use you? And I said, did you miss the awards on the table as you walked in the office? <laughs> and he was like, fair. And we won that business. But <laughs> it, it, like, it, it's, it's, a, it's, it's all about how you brand, how you brand yourself. I, I went through a transition where it was, personal brand and then driving that to a business brand as well because they're, they're separate things um, my personal brand was one thing and my business brand was something else I got to the point where personally I was branded really well but then people didn't really know the business <laughs> um, and then it was like well okay now I need to, to ensure that the business and other people within the business were doing the same thing so it wasn't just all about palm you know it's about other people within the business so Branding, PR, marketing, my business would, my businesses wouldn't be where they are today without all that effort that we've had to put into to multiple things that we've done. Did you ever feel, I'm asking this for everyone else because I want to try and understand, because I understand where they might be, some people might be starting from. Did you ever feel at the beginning like an imposter going into those awards? Did you ever feel like, um, nervous about it? Were you ever worried if you weren't going to win? Or, you know, those kind of thoughts, did they go through your head? Absolutely. Again, like I said, when I went into that, when I went into that first room and I'm young business person of the year, I made myself think that I'm, I weren't going to win it. Because if I didn't win it, then I wouldn't be disappointed. But ultimately, I would have walked away disappointed because I'm a person that wants to win. <laughs> I, 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 I want to win. Um, and when I won, I was like, oh, this is great. <laughs> Love this. Um, but you do, naturally, you look around and think everyone's better than you. 
you know, everyone's doing something else right and you're not doing it. But that can't, you can't let that hold you back. Yes, you might not win everything. We don't win everything. People think we win everything because we've won a fair few, but we don't win everything. And there's always that bit in your head that goes, I'm not going to put myself forward because I might not win. So what? If you don't win, what's, you know, you'll go home, you'll carry on with your job, just like you've been doing <laughs> anyway. So what's yeah. the problem? Like, you, there is that fear. That, that fear is in, inside everyone. You know, I still go towards now, and I'm like, are we going to win this? We have to win this now. It's going to be embarrassing if we don't win this. But it's not embarrassing because ultimately the business will continue to run. Like, there's, there should be no fear behind that. You shouldn't worry about putting yourself thing forward for things and, and getting things done because regardless of if you win or not, you're there, your branding is in front of people and you can put yourself in front of audiences that you were never in front of before. And if you sit at home and think, I'm not going to do that, and you don't do it, well, you're not going to be able to put yourself in them situations and you have to get out of your, your comfort zone. A lot of the time, I had to get out of my comfort zone to think, I'm going to do this and whether I win or not, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to go as hard as possible to ensure that I do win or I, at least when I'm there, I make the best impression possible. The people that are sitting next to me on the table, I want them to know who I am. I want them to know what we do. And it's just about getting out there and, and getting out of your own skin, really. You know, I could sit in my shorts at home and be like, not going to do that. But ultimately, getting out there, getting in front of people and being in people's faces all the time is what's driven our businesses forward. Which is pretty amazing, right? Because you have done a great job with those awards, that branding. What about the celeb branding? You, re you really took to that as well in terms of how powerful can it be getting photos with successful people? I mean, because a lot of people, how powerful would you say that's been for you? I think what, what people gravitate towards celebrities is natural. Like, if you put a picture out of yourself, you might get like 20 likes and people are like, oh, yeah, nice. You put a picture out with AJ, the boxer, and you get 200, 300, 400. It's because they're liking AJ, not you, but <laughs> but ultimately it's about being there in front of in front of people. So I've met multiple people with Adam, um, Mayweather, De Niro, AJ, lots. Um, Gemma they Collins. They get to meet you. Yeah. Yes. Hey. <laughs> now there's more coming as well. <laughs> so I've I've met lots, um, and I still use them. I posted my AJ picture probably two weeks ago, and that was. Three years ago, yes. probably. Um, and it still has the same effect because ultimately he's famous. So meeting them people and being able to leverage them and leverage that on my own social media always puts that thing into people. Well, what's he up to now? What's he doing now? It's that, and, and because I've gone out there and done lots of awards and done lots of things and we're always marketing and branding, now people are like, oh, what's he up to next? Where's he taking his business now? Um, sparking that curiosity like you mentioned absolutely. earlier. Absolutely. Um, and when you bring celebs into it and, and, and you look and people look at your pictures, they think that you're in the, the big circles. I might have only met the guy for two minutes and had a photo with him, but no, no one else needs to know that. Like mm. they don't know that. that well, all you're doing is you're, you're building a story up. Yeah. 
And, and the people see the snippets. They see, oh, he's done that, and he's done that, and he's done that. And, and then in their world, you're like, they're like, wow. Um, and that celebrity branding does help with that a lot. Um, yeah, huge amount. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so really going on that journey, putting those different pillars in place. What sort of advice would you give for everyone having been through this process? I mean, where, where Palm's at now, he's got, I say, seven really successful businesses. You, I, the last time we met personally, I came to visit Palm in one of his new businesses, which is called Wing Kings in Milton Keynes, right next door to Nando's and Wagamama. He's opened now a chain restaurant, which you'll franchise him, which was incredible, by the way. For those of you Milton Keynes based, I think a few of you are, you should go and check that out. The food was lovely. They'll give you little gloves for eating your wings as well, which is good. <laughs> if Palm may be putting the gloves on, that was cool. Um, but you've obviously built uh, a really successful quantity surveying business, really successful estimating business. Now in a restaurant, you're actually doing coaching now as well. Uh, speaking and so much more. You know, you've you've really built on that journey and put these different things in place. What would your advice to everyone be? If you had to give them three things that they should be doing to maximise this environment and to maximise what they're doing, what would you say to them? I think my number one is is the is hard work. Um, I'm not afraid to work hard and make decisions. Um, that's probably going to be my second one. But hard work is number one. Like people are like, oh. But it's hard, and then like it's like this, and then it's like that. But that's business. Like we we go for ups and downs. Like there's times in which I have to work way harder than I've actually been used to working. When we opened Winkings, it was the hardest I probably had worked in years. But it's because I put myself in that situation, and and I and I was happy to do it. Like I always say to everyone, you won't outwork me. I guarantee you won't outwork me. Like I say to all my team as well, you won't outwork me. <laughs> like, if you want to challenge me on work, do it. But believe me, you'll be going home before I do. Um, so hard work is number one. Decision making is number two for me. Um, so many people sit on the fence. Um, and I see it in all walks of life, whether it be business owners or my team members or family members, whoever it might be, people go, I think I should do that. Well, do it then. Well, why, why, why do you think you should do it? Just go and do it. Make the decision. It might not be the right decision. It may not. And a lot of the time, them first decisions are the wrong ones, but at least you've got a point and a reference point to go, well, that's a bad one. So let me flick it and change it and do it in a different way. So you have to make a decision. You've got to walk out the door and go, I am going to do that and go and do it um, and put some effort into it. Um, but my number three is... It's a hard one. I've probably got about ten. Um, don't be afraid. I just... You, you can't be afraid of... Again, it comes... It comes back down to that decision making. You, you you can't be afraid. Like you have to, you have to just go with your gut sometimes. Um, and people say that to me now. Well, where do you get your gut feeling from? Well, I've been in business for fifteen years. You know, I, I now my gut feelings are completely different to when I first met Adam. Um, my gut feeling. I used to think it was brilliant, but it, it probably wasn't as good <laughs> as I thought it was. Um, but my gut feels now are good. Because I've, uh, they, it, they come from a place of 
experience. Um, but you really have to be in a position where you, you work hard, you, you make decisions, um, and you don't fear. You don't fear. Because there's levels. Like, when I was sat there in my office, working away, doing my own thing, that was my place. It was, it was here. I thought I was uber successful. I was, I was making money. I thought I was really successful. Um, but I was afraid to break out of that because I was like, well, if I change it now, I might not make so good money. And then what happens? And I was afraid that if I change that, I might lose what I'd built. But actually, I got that fear out of me and I went on to another level. And I look back now and I think, that was crazy what you were doing there. It's not that I don't work as hard as that now. I still do. I work really hard. But I work hard in different ways, not in that way. Um, so you just can't be afraid. You make your decisions and just be willing to put that in. Go, go to the full hold and put a good graph in. Hey everybody, Adam here, and I hope you loved today's episode. Hope you thought it was fabulous. And if you did, I'd like to ask you a small favor. Could you jump over and go and give the podcast a review? Of course, I'll be super grateful if that is a five-star review. We're putting our all into this podcast for you, delivering you the content, giving you the secrets. And if you've enjoyed it, please go and give us a review and talk about what your favorite episode is perhaps. Every single month, I select someone from that review list to come to one of my exclusive academy days and have lunch with me on the day, meeting hundreds of my clients. So if you want that to be you, then you're going to be in with a shout if you go and give us a review on iTunes. Please, of course, do remember to subscribe so you can get all the up-to-date episodes. Peace and love, and I'll see you very, very soon. Thank you.